I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, I have Macy Coleman on the show today and we are going to be talking about supplements and especially prenatals, um, especially for if you want to try and conceive. Um, we talked about some brands here and I'm going to be putting in links in the show notes to get high quality brands of prenatals, including the ingredients that you really need to be looking out for. Um, feel free to access them in the show notes. Hi everyone, say hi to Macy Coleman. She's a woman's health registered dietitian who runs a virtual private practice called Well Women Nutrition. This practice is for those seeking a root cause of hormone dysfunction and women that want to prepare their bodies for pregnancy. Macy utilizes a functional and integrative nutrition approach as she believes in the body's ability to heal itself when given the appropriate support and guidance. This is so in line, in line with me that that is also why I invited her on the show today because I love her Instagram. If you don't follow her already, uh, you definitely should. Um, and I'm also happy to have her talk about nutrition and supplements for fertility today. So welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's really nice um, to meet you virtually too. So I'm just curious, like what got you into this practice of like helping women prepare for pregnancy? Yeah. So I've always kind of had a passion to use my nutrition knowledge for, for prevention of chronic disease. Um, I worked in the clinical setting uh, for a few years and I just kind of, you know, saw a lot of sick people, but just knew like I had to follow my passion and um, work to keep people out of the hospital. And honestly, also just work with um, people to optimize their health. Um, so during the same time I was engaged, thinking about having a baby someday. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of, you know, dealing with my own, own stuff, which you kind of hear a lot about the you know, this is the path that I kind of went down. So I want to help other people. So I was dealing with like some gut stuff, hormone issues. I was in and out of the hospital, doctor's offices, um, a million tests and a surgery later, I still really had no idea what was wrong or, or how to fix it. Um, and conventional medicine for me, it just wasn't, it wasn't giving me the answers that I needed. So, um, they were just kind of, you know, throwing, inappropriate surgical interventions and pharmaceuticals at me, which just mm -hmm. kind of exacerbated the problems. Um, right. So after that, I, I just spent years like selfishly researching and learning about gut health, hormone health, fertility, preconception. Um, I just like became obsessed with the research and the information I was learning. It was just so cool. And I connected to it. And I obviously realized it, it's all so heavily influenced by nutrition. Um, and I just kind of spent all of my spare time reading yeah. books, searching PubMed, um, contacting professionals in the field just to learn more um, and kind of using myself as a guinea pig. <laughs> um, but it, it finally all kind of clicked to me when one of my friends was, was struggling with fertility. 
Um, so I was like really excited to help her and kind of jumped at that opportunity. And the way I started helping her was a 30 page typed up document. <laughs> all the, all wow, that's like a mini book right there. I know, I know. Um, and I still have it and I just like kind of keep adding to it. It gets bigger and bigger, but I sent it to her and it was just like information of like, you know, how to naturally support her body and for conception and pregnancy. And she was like, um, I think that you should probably do this for a living. Like she told me like most of that info she had never even heard of. And, um, you know, there it was like a way that I could, you know, help people optimize their health, work on prevention. Um, and I was just like, you know what, this is my obvious passion. It started out as selfish research and fascination mm -hmm. in my own personal journey, but that's kind of long story but that's where where I am now that's great I think it's very organic I actually think it's not super selfish I find it more of like you you did an empowering thing for yourself um you know judging from like when I talk to like PCOS women for example they also feel like a lot of like the information they get from conven conventional healthcare, especially when it comes to becoming pregnant um, I think it's, you know, being very like, just kind of like, you can either get pregnant or you can't sort of thing or like, you mm -hmm. know, like not very helpful for them. So I really admire that you just kind of took things into your own hands. And also like you, you know, you had to do a surgery, which didn't really help you. Uh, There's mm -hmm. so much happening. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like the answer is not always or never really like, no, you can't do, you know, you can't get pregnant or, you know, there's obviously some cases for that to be true, but a lot of, you know, infertility can be, can be managed, um, especially with PCOS, you know, people that are told with PCOS, like, Hey, you know what, this is an infertility sentence. That's not, you know, mm -hmm. necessarily true. Yeah. Ooh, and we're gonna like jump more into that later. Um, but right now, you know, I just want to like kind of go back to what you were saying, like um, a lot of like the prevention and the taking care of yourself before you're trying to conceive. So, you know, in terms of preconception care, some women may know this, some may not. Like what are like some of the biggest misconceptions that you see? Yeah, so misconceptions about preconception, I feel like honestly, one of the biggest ones is that it's all on the, the female to get pregnant. Um, and her health is the one that matters the most, um, or at all, um, which is a totally false. Actually, in the, you know, past several years, research has um, proven to us that uh, the genes that we inherit are either turned on or off. Um, and that's, actually a way that we can manipulate them. We're not, you know, genes that we inherit, we can't really uh, change that, but we can change the way they're expressed. And that's through our diet, exercise, and environmental factors, um, which I guess leads me to, you know, a few facts of why it is important for the, the male partner to um, have their health in line too. So one of which is that uh, studies have shown us paternal exposure to certain chemicals have been linked to higher risk of cancer in children. Um, also, if, if the dad had a, a poor diet prior to conception, there's an increase of metabolic disease um, and in type two for the child later, type two diabetes later on in life for the child. Um, another one is like fathers that are obese um, at the time of conception predispose those offspring to being overweight later in life. So it's basically, you know, 
I guess to put it this way, at conception, if, if either of the parents are overweight, they have a bunch of stress in their life, poor diet habits, you know, little to no exercise, exposed to a bunch of environmental toxins, um, that predisposes the child to lifelong risk factors and chronic disease mm. risk will be much higher than that of those same two parents um, conceiving a child, you know, before, after that, when maybe they have some of those things in check, you know, they're not stressed, they're at a good weight, they're eating healthy. Um, the risk factors for that child, which would be a sibling of the other are much different. Um, and that's, that's true for both parents, you know, it's not, it's not just all on, um, all on mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes two hands to clap for this one. Um, very good. I like that. Um, besides, so besides that, like the whole male hormone part, are there any like other misconceptions? Like, um, like, yeah. do you have to like do a cleanse, for example, before you try to conceive? I feel like that's also like a question I hear about a lot. Um, just curious about your opinion on that. Yeah. So that's so interesting. So I guess kind of, so to speak, the, the diet and I mean, the diet and prenatal supplements um, and micronutrient supplements in general don't matter until you're pregnant. That's kind of along those same lines where people think like, you know, Hey, once I'm pregnant, I'm gonna, you know, all of a sudden start taking this prenatal. Everyone's in a rush to, in a scramble to get all this, you know, get all this stuff going right when they find that positive pregnancy test. Um, and a lot of people don't, aren't trying to get pregnant when they do get pregnant. So it's actually really important um, for preconception, you know, planning and, you know, optimizing your health. And, you know, for instance, women that are trying to become pregnant, there are certain vitamins and nutrients that are linked to positive effects on fertility. Um, mm. And that's, you know, let's talk about diets So diets that are more along the Mediterranean style, like, un, you know, high in unsaturated fat, um, whole grains, veggies, uh, fish, eggs, lots of fiber. Those have been associated with um, improved fertility in both genders, women and men. Um, whereas like trans fats and sugar have been associated with poorer fertility outcomes in women and men. So um, when you mention like, you know, like detoxing or cleansing, yes and no, like you shouldn't go on right, like a juice <laughs> cleanse and, and right. try to do all this or, or take one of those laxative teas to get rid of all this stuff. That's not really the way our body works. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that we can, you know, do to support um, our natural detoxification pathways. Um, and one of which is making sure that we have enough specific micronutrients. Um, so that also you know, comes into play a couple of them that like are on my mind, one of which is folate. We always hear about like, okay, if you're pregnant, take folate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, actually the, the neural tube closes around that four to six weeks of pregnancy mark. Um, some people don't even know they're pregnant at that right. time. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's why it's so important to have that prenatal vitamin and all those nutrients coming in before you get pregnant. Um, Another one, vitamin B12, um, we hear a lot about. So vitamin B12 uh, causes, you know, changes in ovulation, uh, leading to having a, sorry, having a, a deficiency in B12 can cause changes to ovulation and, and lead to implantation issues. Mm -hmm. um, it can also increase the risk of recurrent miscarriage. Um, Sounds so important, all of these. Right, exactly. B vitamins that you're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, Okay, go and, ahead. 
Um, omega, omega three fatty acids, another one, um, that can help tame inflammation, which can increase the chances of conception, which most of us need. We, you know, unfortunately are plagued with inflammation all over the place. Um, so omega three is a great supplement to take in the preconception period. And, um, just a couple other ones like vitamin C, a great antioxidant that's associated with reduced ovarian function, progesterone levels, both of which we need before we get pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. um, vitamin E associated, a deficiency there is associated with an, an ovulatory cycle. So not even ovulating. So we have to ovulate before we have a right. baby. <laughs> and then one of the big ones, uh, vitamin D. So vitamin D is, is kind of like a hormone and it plays a huge role in our fertility. Um, a recent study actually showed that women with higher vitamin D levels were significantly more likely to get pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. and the actual reverse is, is true where vitamin D deficiencies there, it's a risk factor for reduced fertility and also adverse pregnancy outcomes. So, um, all of these things that I'm naming, I could keep going on. I'll stop there, (laughs) but they all are, it's just, you know, proves it, that it's a myth that once you get pregnant, then you need to focus on nutrition right. and supplementation, all of these things you need to kind of have going on before you can even get pregnant. Yeah, totally. I also think that, you know, looking for a prenatal, like, I think we'll, we can talk about this later more, a little more later on, but like also finding like a good high quality prenatal, like what kind of ingredients you're looking for and like what forms of the vitamins. Um, those are all good information that you outlined right there. I just kind of want to backtrack a little bit to the part about the foods. So yeah, you did say like, you know, like a Mediterranean style diet. Um, I'm just curious, like, would you also recommend like full fat dairy for fertility? Yeah, that's a great question. So I do, I love full fat dairy, especially when you're talking about, (laughs) if you're talking about dairy in general, and you're going to have dairy full fats, the way to go. Um, half, I would say probably half of my clients do do full fat dairy. The other half is intolerant to dairy. And one of the things that I previously discussed is that inflammation piece. So inflammation does lead to, um, decreased fertility. So, um, having a food allergy trigger or a a food intolerance, so to speak, um, as dairy is for a lot of people, um, Mm -hmm. creates inflammation in the body, which is, is negatively impacting your fertility. So people that can tolerate dairy, full fat is definitely the way to go. So I do, I do definitely recommend that when they can tolerate dairy. Okay. Well, that's good news for me because I don't have a lactose intolerance, but my husband does. So he'll stay away from it (laughs) and I I will have it. You get to (laughs) reap the benefits. Okay, so that's great. Like, I think while you're talking about the whole like foods for fertility, it's kind of also like, you know, kind of a general guideline to prevent chronic illness anyway, right? Like, it's a lot of like, okay, avoiding like trans fat and refined sugars. Um, I'm just curious, like other, like, do these foods change if a woman has a specific condition like PCOS? Like, are there any other certain foods that they should start to add to their diet for fertility? Yeah. So 
I honestly, I have some foods that I, I consider like foundational foods. So these are the foods that I recommend to all of my clients. They kind of lay the groundwork to support hormone health in general, um, fertility as well, um, pregnancy in the postpartum period. So everyone can benefit from this. Um, I'll name a couple of them, kind of go through those rules with you and then kind of talk about yeah. how PCOS may be a little different. So um, one, the most important is probably whole fresh foods. So I really encourage when you can cook or eat something that's in its whole fresh form, that's the most ideal. So that's obviously trying to limit those processed foods. Um, next, plenty of veggies. So I like to say at least half of your plate um, or 50% of your meal, whatever that may be. I would like to see non-starchy veggies. Um, and then Additionally, slow burning carbohydrates. So these are carbohydrates that contain lots and lots of fiber. Like if you think of the skin on fruits and veggies or fruits and veggies in general, um, mm -hmm. have a lot of good fiber, they're slow burning carbs versus, um, you know, having those simple sugars um, and again, processed foods. So I like to see that as about a quarter of the plate or 25% of your meal. Mm -hmm. um, next, good quality protein. Um, so anywhere you can, you can get grass fed or organic meats. Um, that's a yes for me. Yeah. Uh, same with like wild caught fish or free range eggs. There's vegan sources like legumes that are super great quality protein. I like to see that as the last quarter of your plate or, um, you know, 25% of your meal. So and what then, about like, if you're talking about slow burning carbs, mm -hmm. just to give an example, because I think when people think about carbs there, everything's like you know, kind of all over the place, like is brown rice considered, you know, for you like a slow burning one or just kind of like sweet potatoes, like more starchy vegetables? Yeah. Um, so I would consider all of those um, slow burning carbs. So I like to tell my clients like, hey, if you, you know, if it's white, you know, think about it again, like it's not, you know, it's a good rule of thumb. It's not completely true, but if you're having white versus brown rice, the brown rice has more fiber in it. Um, same with like white pasta, like white wheats um, and whole grains. So those are a little bit different. So anything with that rich fiber is going to be considered a slow burning carbohydrate. Okay, cool. Just wanted to put it out there because I know like the whole yeah. carb word is just very, very <laughs> yes, controversial and, and like, you know, very true. And a lot of my clients, even when I, when I go through this with them, they're like, okay, slow burning carbs or just carbs in general. I kind of ask if they know what that is. And they're like, yes, like, you know, pizza or like what you know, the good foods. But then when I tell them, you know, also fruit is a carb and they're like, wait, I can't have fruit. And it's like, no, you know, carbs are not, uh, carbs are associated with this, you know, like a bad word. Right. And that is definitely not true. Mm -hmm. Fruits are super healthy and part of a really great fertility friendly diet. It's, it doesn't mean just because it's a carb that it's bad. There's a place for it. Yeah. You just want to um, <laughs> look at the proportion of it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a whole nother conversation. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I could have. Um, okay, cool. So I love that. So I have on like veggies and carbs. You're talking about high quality protein. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that forms like a really good plate. Are there other, any other things that people yeah. should add? So I would also, I always like to see my clients adding healthy fats. Um, and that comes in the form, you know, of oils, like especially olive oil, um, but also like avocados and raw nuts and seeds um, and also grass-fed butter. I'm a huge fan of grass-fed butter. Oh, me too. Um, 
Yeah, it's delicious. I cook with it. Um, It can be cooked on high temperature, which I really also like. Um, But yeah, all of those healthy fats we want to incorporate. I don't, I don't give it like a amount in a plate, but I'm like, you know, cook Mm -hmm. with that. That's what you're going to use. Also top foods with that. Um, It helps you keep, keeps you satiated. Um, And it's really good for your hormones because our hormones are made from cholesterol, which is derived from fat. So Mm -hmm. All of those together, I, I consider, you know, my foundational foods um, and, and bringing PCOS, as you mentioned, into the picture. Um, the same is true for, for my clients with PCOS. I still recommend all of those things. However, I do focus more heavily on, on blood glucose control with PCOS. Um, so I focus on, you know, lowering carbohydrates and increasing healthy fats to support that blood sugar control and also inflammation with those healthy fats. Nice. Okay. Sounds good. So for all of you who are listening who have PCOS and you, you know, kind of have some trouble with that, I hope this piece of food advice will help you. Um, So we're transitioning into like more of the supplements now. Um, So when it comes to prenatals, right, I know you outlined a little bit more, uh, a little bit earlier about what we should look for in a prenatal. Um, Could you just give us like a, you know, a quick rundown of everything that you should, we should be looking for? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. A lot of people ask me this question too. Um, So first off, prenatal vitamins are so incredibly important, kind of how we, we talked about earlier. Um, so I think everyone, you know, in their childbearing years should be taking a prenatal vitamin. As I mentioned, you, a lot of people don't plan to get pregnant and they get pregnant and want to <laughs> have a healthy pregnancy. Exactly. Um, so just start taking it, you know, if you're within that age range, um, Taking a prenatal is associated with healthier pregnancies, also lower rates of preterm birth, miscarriage, birth defects, stillbirth, all of those things. So super important. Um, Some really great ingredients I like to look for are nutrients, one of which is folate. um, And that helps with the prevention of neural tube defects. We also mentioned that earlier. Also for mom, it can improve egg quality, um, which is good for the preconception period and then Mm -hmm. prevention of miscarriage, super important. Um, Were you thinking, when we're talking about folate here, like I know some supplements have like folic acid. So could you just tell us the difference between like methylfolate, like what are you talking about and folic acid? Like what are women looking for? Yeah, of course. So here, the methylfolate is the active form of folate. So that's what we're looking for. So folate's B9. Um, folic acid is the synthetic form of folate. So we do see that in a lot of a lot of prenatal vitamins. Um, but the active form is the one that our body uses. Um, and it's also the form that crosses the placenta. So um, as I mentioned, improves egg quality, prevents miscarriages, reduce the risk of preeclampsia, neural tube defects, um, supports the body's, uh, the uh, formation of chromosomes for the baby and the nervous system. So again, super important. The problem is with some prenatals, like I said, they use folic acid. So rather than using the methylated folate, um, and that's technically only really a problem when someone has um, a mutation called the MTHFR, genetic polymorphism, a big old mouthful. But basically, um, actually up to about 45% of our population does have this genetic mutation. Um, And not to get too into the weeds here, but I'll just say that the MTHFR enzyme um, is needed for our body to utilize folate. 
it goes through a series of chemical reactions, all related to methylation, which basically just um, takes a methyl group from one molecule and passes it to another. Um, and this takes place millions of times a minute in our body. Um, methylation is needed for genetic expression, detoxification, um, producing glutathione, which is a huge antioxidant, especially during pregnancy, um, and utilization of B12. So methylation is super important. So essentially, you know, if you have this genetic mutation, you can't get your folate into its methylated form or you're having trouble. Um, and because, because your meth, you know, your methylation pathway isn't quite working up to par. So does this mean you need to go get genetic testing to find out if you have this genetic mutation? Absolutely not. Um, it's seriously just as simple as finding a prenatal that has the methylated form of folate in it, and this is true for everyone, whether you have it or not, because mm -hmm. if you, if you do have the genetic mutation, it's so important. And if you don't, then it doesn't hurt at all to have that right. methylated form. So that's, right. yeah, that's a really good point. So that's what I like to look for. Nice. And I think, you know, like even price point, like there, it's not like, you know, the supplement with the methylfolate is like crazy expensive. Like I can think of, you know, some pretty good high quality brands that I myself sometimes, um, recommend to my clients too for um you know like prenatals wise so thank you for that yeah. that's very clear and very good distinction awesome. um, so what are the other ingredients that we should be looking for sure so um choline is another big one so choline is is similar to folate um and it's actually needed for you know prevention of neural tube defects as well um, brain development for baby so that's memory focus attention um also reduces the risk of preeclampsia for mom, um, helps, you know, in our bodies with proper digestion, liver function. It also helps to build our baby's placenta, um, which is obviously very important as well. Um, another one is B6, something we've, a lot of people have probably heard about when talking about morning sickness, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because it can help prevent morning sickness, which is super great in, in and of itself. Um, but it also supports healthy levels of progesterone, which we need to um, have an, you know, implantation and to also carry the baby. Um, progesterone, I like to think of it as it makes like, you know, the warm, fuzzy environment um, to carry <laughs> a baby. Cute. Yeah. So very important there. Another one is zinc. Um, so we think of zinc a lot when we think of immunity, um, which is super true. Also, it's incredibly helpful for fertility um, because you know of, of that immunity, but also it plays a role in ovulation, uh, producing sex hormones, and then for baby, it's needed for brain development. Um, so those are those are the big ones. Um, one thing I also want to point out is some ingredients ingredients that we don't want to see. So if you look in the other ingredients section is what it's titled right below those nutrients, um, just kind of make sure that there's no artificial dyes, flavors, synthetic fillers, preservatives, um, things like that that we don't want to see in a, in a prenatal. Okay, sounds good. Um, I think there are like a lot of choices out there. So this is really good. Um, there is, yeah. Shop um, and so, you know, besides the prenatals, like what other supplements or nutrients are crucial for fertility? Yeah, good question too. So nutrients um, like vitamin D and omega-3s are super, super 
super critical for pregnant women. So um, most prenatal vitamins don't have nearly enough, especially up to my standards. Um, So for those in particular, I always supplement separately. Um, Therefore, like I'm, I'm just very unconcerned about the amount in the prenatal of those. If they have some great, I'll just subtract that from the the other recommendation of, of separately dosing. Um, but vitamin D it's, you know, a powerhouse nutrient. It's acts as a hormone. Um, it helps with sex hormone production, reduces insulin resistance, follicle formation, you know, brain nervous system formation, also prevention of certain cancers like breast, uterine, colon cancers, helps with our immunity, um, detoxification, especially from heavy metals and helps translate our genes. Um, so that's super important. Um, it also, like, as I mentioned earlier, having a vitamin D deficiency is a risk factor for reduced fertility and adverse pregnancy outcomes. So, um, there was actually, you know, studies of women that were undergoing IVF, um, and it showed that women with higher vitamin D not only had pregnancy rates that were 35% higher, but they also had higher quality embryos compared to those women who were deficient. Um, so that's another, another reason we want to make sure to have enough vitamin D, um, because most of us don't, which is unfortunate. Right. Um, but I, I do want to say, I always recommend vitamin D supplements, um, to be taken with vitamin K2. Uh, and I will name drop here, but I do love the thorn, (laughs) the thorn brand. It's, I love it so much. It's the vitamin D K2. It's just sublingual drops. Um, and the, the reason is because vitamin K2 directs calcium, um, where to go. So it says like, Hey, calcium, let's go to the bones and let's not clog up the arteries, which is important for cardiovascular disease risk. So I always want to mention that too. Um, that's yeah, a good tip. I love Thorn too. I'm on their prenatal, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> they have a good prenatal. Yeah, and it's I, it's pretty really affordable. So I I thought that was a good one. Yeah, totally. Um, let's see. The other one I mentioned, uh, omega three. So omega three um, reduces inflammation. So that's super great to have a high quality fish oil. Um, it supports progesterone production as well. It also um, increases uterine blood flow. Um, and it's associated with better ovarian reserve, um, higher rates of conception. And then as we all know that DHA is particularly important for baby's brain development in utero. Um, so having a high quality fish oil, there's a ton of really great fish oils out there. Um, that's something I always like to recommend additionally. Um, and then one thing that I, I haven't mentioned that I, I want to is iron. So I think iron is super important. Um, only if my client is low in iron and I recommend a separate um, iron supplement. I don't really like to see it in prenatal vitamins because it can kind of inhibit absorption of other vitamins that are in that prenatal. Um, So I like to give that separately. There's, you know, no, nothing super good that happens if you have too much iron. So I don't think everyone should be you know, getting iron supplementation. I know it's, you know, once you get pregnant, you're, um, you need more, but some people are eating enough that they don't need the supplement. So if they do, I get a a high quality iron, um, because it, you know, having low levels of iron causes adverse maternal and fetal outcomes and can reduce mom's immunity. So iron's super important, but not when you have enough of it. Okay. 
I'm glad you brought that up because I think the low iron piece, like a lot of people suffer with it, especially if they have like fatigue symptoms. Um, and also, I was going to say something. Oh, um, and also like, you know, in Chinese medicine, like if you're talking about like pregnancy, their philosophy is to like build blood in the body. So like mm-hmm. your uterus areas to build blood. And like, to me, I like kind of associating that with like, okay, having enough nutrients and having enough iron and like, you know, good quality meats and stuff. So that's a good yes. picture. To yeah, me. totally. It all comes <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, so good. I've learned so much today. Um, I learned about, you know, all the different nutrients. I'm glad that you're very specific in explaining them and associating with like um, the mom and also the baby because mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of it is like okay for the mom but then no one really knows like how the baby benefits from those um, so you know if someone is preparing for pregnancy or they really like what you hear how can they find you yeah so I um, have an Instagram that I love so much I love sharing fun facts with everyone and teaching um, my community more about fertility and hormone health so I have an Instagram it's at well women nutrition and I also have a website www.wellwomennutrition.com and they can find me there as well. Okay, I'll put those in the show notes. And I, I mentioned in the start of the show that um, of this episode that your Instagram is really fun to look at. Like, there's oh, so many you. illustrations and like, it's what caught my eye. And I was like, oh, I want to like, you know, see more of her stuff. Um, so that was really cool for me. And um, I'm hope I hope like everyone will go find you too. Like, it's great. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you.